tuned in to the All in IT Radio, where Kenneth and his co-hosts broadcast from their travels around the universe. Listen to them discuss anything and everything related to information technology. We are Swedes and we talk tech. listening to the All in IT radio where we are traveling the universe and are exploring depths of mind and ideas. That sounded really pretentious. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, Robin, Hi. are you there? Y- yeah, hey. Can you follow me to the conference room, please? Uh, Henrik, are you here as well? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Guys, let's meet in the conference room. What do you want? I have something to show you. Oh, okay. okay. So, guys, sit down. Let, let me just fix something with this holographic projector here. <laughs> it's a bit tricky, but I think I'm trying to rewire a signal from the cockpit into... Yeah. Hey, look at that! <laughs> Hello, Ewell. Where am I? Uh? <laughs> I transferred you from the panel in the cockpit into the conference room. Right. Yeah, I thought that uh, you and Robin and Henrik would uh, appreciate having a bit of a deeper discussion. Yeah, but why didn't you ask me first? (laughs) (laughs) Very confusing. Sorry about that. He just came out of the bathroom and he just... (laughs) The holographic bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Do holograms actually use the bathroom? Yes, but they only do number C. (laughs) Don't ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> don't ask. You don't want to know. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you here for a second episode, Joel. I had really fun in the last episode talking to you. And uh, it, it will be interesting to see what you have, what kind of perspective you have on the topic we will cover today. And what will we cover today, guys? What do you think? I have one cool thing. <laughs> you have one cool thing. Good. Good boy, Henrik. Well done. Give him a treat, Robin. Can we talk about ants? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'm, I'm short on money. All right, so so you're poor, yeah. and Henrik wants treats, and Joel wants to talk about ants. Right. Pants. <laughs> My ant or your ant? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. No... <laughs> This is quickly turning really disastrous. <laughs> and as you he- can hear, this will be a really funny episode. Uh, or not. Let's take it down a notch. And let's talk about Robin's empty pockets. So we'll talk about pants, actually, mm-hmm. as Henrik wanted as well. Pant pockets. Well, how should we incorporate ants into this? Well, we talked about your grandma. Ant calls. Okay, Ooh. yeah, I, I thought ants. Okay, yeah. Ants, mm. <laughs> Henrik, ants. Uh, oh, I, oh I, I also thought ants, like the animal. <laughs> yeah, he said that, but it meant the other thing. Are you sure? It, it was a pun. Right. He was being funny. Oh, my old Joel is, is an ant. My old <laughs> is an ant. Live oh. in my pants. All right. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's get over to first one cool thing, and then let's talk about... 
cryptocurrencies and money. Cryptocurrencies. Let's go for it. My one cool thing this time is Gravit, and Gravit is a program much like, uh, well, I guess Adobe Fireworks. For those of you who know what that what that is, uh, Adobe Fireworks uh, was a program by Adobe, of course, but they discontinued the program, I think, about one year ago or two years ago. Fireworks is more or less like something like Photoshop or Illustrator, uh, but more aimed towards web design uh, and web mock-up and and things like that when you design websites. Uh, And Gravit is a free, I'm not sure, open source. Let me check that for you. I'm not sure it's open source, but it's free anyway. Uh, it's free to download, and it, they also have a browser version of the uh, the program. If you go to hub.gravit.io, uh, you have the page there, and if you just type slash browser afterwards, uh, you get the browser version of the program. It's available on uh, Mac, Windows, and uh, Linux as well, I guess. Yes, Linux. And it works more or less like your basic uh, graphics program. Um, as of yet, you can't export anything, sadly. I had a hard time to save uh, my files. But then what use is it? You can save them in their own uh, .gravit format, but you can't uh, export it to any formats that you would like to use, uh, for example, JPEG or uh, PNG. But uh, it's still in early uh, development, and it looks good. And completely useless as of yet. Uh, useless as of yet, but... It looks nice and it behaves nice, but uh, it still lacks a few key features. All right, so it's a cool project. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm, interesting. When would you use this? Uh, you personally, I mean? Mostly for stuff like mockups. I mean, most of that uh, stuff I do in Photoshop, and now my time is out, but yeah, uh, for easy mockupping uh, in, in web projects, I would rather have a program more aimed towards that than Photoshop is. Photoshop isn't really uh, built for that kind of stuff. All right. Splendid. Thank you, Henrik. My cool thing for this episode is Loot Crate. Lootcrate.com. It's a service where you can subscribe to a package with loot, with uh, epic loot. <laughs> so you pay a fee a monthly fee, and you get each month uh, a package which includes different things each month, and you never know what you're going to get. But they give you things from certain categories, like uh, movies and nerds, and they have the work together with Marvel and Disney, and that's the same company, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and people like that. Okay. So, they have a lot of things from, uh, yeah, Nintendo is there, Lego, DC. Most of the cool stuff. Yeah, you know, things that geeks generally are interested in. So you can get uh, socks with Groot on them. You know, Groot from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You can get a little Batman doll, perhaps. You can get uh, cool t-shirts. Groot is a person. Pardon? Groot is a person. He's a tree. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was something like Vegemite or something. I never yeah, heard about it. <clears throat> quite close, yeah. You haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Nope. Nope. Oh, all right. Uh, anyway, so they have a theme each month. And uh, last month was games. And the month 
Before that was Retro, and next month will be... Was it Spy or Undercover or something like that? So they choose stuff in that category and try to mix it up a bit so that you get a lot of different things. And my reasoning was that you could at least get this and if you receive stuff that you don't like, which is always possible, it makes great presents. (laughs) And I will include in the show notes a special link so if you want to sign up for Loot Crate, and another thing, there are a lot of different services like Loot Crate, but Loot Crate is one of the few who actually delivers to Sweden. It takes a long time to get here, but, but they deliver here. So it's one of the good services. You pay about uh, 250 kronor per month okay. for this service, and you get a stuff worth a lot more than that. It says about $30 on their webpage. Uh, is it Yeah. Uh, a lot more shipping if you wanted to Sweden? No, shipping and handling included. Okay, in the same price on the website? Absolutely, yes. Okay. $30, that's it. And that price lowers if you order for more months in a row and mm. such. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. <clears throat> and it's quite cool. And, as I said, follow that link because I get some bonuses if you subscribe from my account. (laughs) So um, use that link if you're going to try it, please. All right, that's my cool thing. How about you, Robin? My cool thing, for the first time ever, has something related to my work. So uh, you have to excuse me if there's something you don't follow. But my cool thing uh, is the new... Hyundai iX35. Well, it's not really the car itself, uh, but it's the engine. Uh, it's what the engine will run on. It's actually a hydrogen car. Uh, sure, sure, it's not may- maybe so new in that aspect because we have had hydrogen cars before, but it's it's uh, it has not existed in a mass production car scale before, what I know of anyway. Uh, and the timing is quite interesting because uh, before now, um, it has not been profitable or even same level prices to gasoline or diesel for the customers to buy it and uh, and also be good for the environment at the same time because that's what many people think about when it comes to fuel for the future. Um, same thing with electrical cars, for example. Uh, but now they have figured out a way to manufacture this in a way that doesn't require fossil fuel, like oil and still be a cost effective as producing it from oil. Um, so they call it uh, this new catalyst uh, that they use uh, a leap for hydrogen production by ele- uh, electrolysis of water. So in contrast to the old style catalytic reforming methods or the steam reforming method which use, that uses oil, you could, you could say this is um this uses water <laughs> uh, maybe i shouldn't go in further in, into this but um uh looks quite interesting actually and um in comparison to gasoline it has three times as much energy so it can go three times as long on the road for the same amount in kilograms um and you know instead of standing in the smog uh, cars produce you can still um, and get it in, in, into your lungs. It's much better to just see water pour out of the gas pipe of the car. So 
Let me get this straight. It's a car that runs on water. You could say that they produce hydrogen from water. You could say with a with a um, with a catalyst with the, it, it, it's a molybdenum sulfide that is attached to graphite. Okay. <laughs> oh, of course. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Uh, that makes this um, um, to to make it. Uh, to make a hydrogen gas out of, you could say. But it must e- either it must be insanely expensive to create the fuel, or it must be insanely expensive to buy the car, right? Yeah, and it still is insanely expensive to buy the car. That's the thing. Okay. So for now they have figured out the fuel more or less, and that's what my cool thing because it's a sure they have had a decent cost-effective way before, but uh, they then they can't ad- advertise with oh it's. Uh, carbon free or something like that because it's not because it's made in a uh, refinery but now the, it, it it doesn't need to be made at a, f- a refinery uh, but still the car costs up to three times as much as a normal car but is that because it has uh, a unique sort of it's uh, a few it, it's a fuel cell itself that costs a lot of money okay so far okay so when it comes to serial production and people actually buy it then i suppose like everything else it will be less expensive but it's as I suppose it's the same thing like with uh, with the uh, batteries or something with the two electric cars. So the breakthrough here is that they basically have a new way to extract the hydrogen or produce the hydrogen. Okay, right. Because fuel cells have been done a lot of times before, and yeah, what I've gathered from fuel cells are that they haven't been that efficient before. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I want to understand, it's it's a lot better now. But okay. the, this is the thing about the fuel cell itself. I have, I am not an expert at all. I just think it's interesting with the fuel because I have worked with hydrogen before. So, yeah, yeah, that's me. Interesting. That is a cool thing. All right, over to our guest host, Joel. What's your cool thing? Ah, that's me. Okay, right. Uh, my cool thing is very well. Um, it's a very old thing. Um, I would like to talk about the computer program or, or uh, algorithm that um, Bruce Buena de Mosquita made in the seventies. Uh, actually, in nineteen seventy-seven, um, the State Department of India called him to uh, get his opinion of the upcoming elections in India. He said that, uh, let me, uh, give me two days. And he took all the data he had, poured it into his computer, let the algorithm do its thing. And he forecasted that some Singh would be prime minister. Uh, He anticipated the deputy prime minister and that Indira Gandhi would be uh, minister without portfolio. He also anticipated that this government would last two to three months, then collapse. It wouldn't be possible to form a new government. There has to be a new election. Uh, All this came (laughs) true. (laughs) That's very interesting for one algorithm. And you can find, I don't know so very much uh, about this, but you can find, uh, if you go to... uh, predictionersgame.com you can find some kind of online uh, web it's um, yes yeah, it says it's it's like a game in, and you can 
uh, upload a file with data and see what it, where it gets you is you have uh, one uh, example uh, from Zimbabwe, Mugabe, Swagirai and so on and what will happen in, in an election there. So uh, that's my cool thing and I think this is very cool to actually be able to predict the future. Not to spoil anything or so, but one short question. Do you know if, if the algorithm tried to predict other things that didn't, um, how should I put it, succeed? That the didn't come true. Yeah, they didn't come true. Right, this is a very, very good question. Uh, I don't know. And uh, that's uh, one thing to investigate, of course, <laughs> uh, because it's very easy to predict something if you have... Uh, Thousand of false yeah. predictions uh, <laughs> in, the, in the baggage. Yeah. So, but I I can't uh, answer to that. Sorry. No. All right. We, let's leave it to uh, to the listeners to check that out for themselves. All right. Thank you, guys. That's cool things indeed. Let's get over to our main topic. We are looking at a bright new future where everything is digital. And uh, if the singularity occurs, even we will be digital, but that's a bit further ahead. A bit closer in time is the digitalization of our currency, our money. And that's already happened. I mean, here in Sweden, we pay everything with credit cards. We hardly use cash anymore. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, of course, that banks doesn't accept cash. <laughs> A lot of banks say, well, we don't want cash. We only do electronic uh, transference. But this is still a problem, mainly an ethical one, because when you have cash, you can give it to someone and no one knows that that transaction took place. And that isn't always what you want, what you wish. And therefore, some very clever people have created digital currency that has the goal of not being traceable. And you can also make them out of nothing, and that, that's a bit strange, but we'll get into that further on, I guess. We have a few examples of these digital currencies. We have the main one, the, the most known one, which is bitcoins. And then we have a lot of derivative, derivative, de de derivatives, derivatives. We have a lot of derivatives of that one. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> so, what's your take on this with digital currency? How does it work? Does anyone know? Have you tried anything? Does any one of you own any digital currency? Well, I don't. Neither do I. Uh, I think I own some Bitcoin. You think? <laughs> I don't know where they are, but when did Bitcoin emerge? A few years back. Five, six, seven years? I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, yeah. Way back then, uh, I, I remember signing up on some suspicious website and I got a share of uh, Bitcoins. And it was like 0.001 or something like that. So now you are a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Probably without knowing it. I'm not sure where my money are. <laughs> Maybe you should check. Yeah. <laughs> check that. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing as you, Henrik, and I got a few a very slight amount of Bitcoin when it arrived. 
it was published in uh, 08 and it went into open source 09. Okay. So it's a few years back. And I registered with, uh, as you say, shady site, which went down half a year after I registered with it. So my bitcoins are gone. Okay, but does it matter? Because don't you have your electronic wallet? No, that's the thing. And that's how these things work. It's actually... I mean, your, your money is a file, as you say, which you keep in an electronic wallet, which is right. a, a computer program. But many users, and that's what I used, online wallets, right. so that you could access your money from different sites through this online service. Right. Had I just had a, a copy of it or, or a, a, an, a local wallet, that wouldn't have been a problem. But now they went away, and so did my money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kenneth, a question for you. Mm-hmm. You said earlier that um, the bitcoins and cryptocurrencies are made out of nothing. Mm-hmm. But how do do that differ from ordinary currency? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Robin's territory, but yeah, you're you're correct. It's a very interesting question, I think, mm-hmm. uh, because it, 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 we tend to think that. This uh, this currency doesn't exist, you know. It's it's just in our minds, but that is the same thing with the other currencies. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, or many years ago, there were actually some value in in the in the currency we have now because they had these uh, backed up by gold. But that's not the case anymore. So they just print it, and yeah, no no backup. That's why it can go so wrong in the system. Yeah, and, and not not stop there because uh, the um, um, the actual money that you have in your wallet is not the only money in the system. No, of course, because there are a, a lot of money in 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 bank accounts. You know, I don't know, thousand times more or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> and uh, they are just created when you w- uh, go to your bank and uh, need a, a loan or of some kind. They just some numbers at your account those that money doesn't exist before so mm-hmm. from thin air and we've had criminals who've used this and they've skimmed like a few kronor or a few cents of transactions and piped it into a bank account they've skimmed a, such a small amount that it's not noticeable so in, in essence they take money that no one wants Mm-hmm. Right. So there are problems with this digital uh, way of handling currency, absolutely. But what do you think about this untraceability then? Is it a good thing to have digital money that you can't trace? Absolutely. All right, why? <laughs> that's, that's the thing with um, non-digital currency, analog currency. You can make transactions that are untraceable. And in some cases, that's what you want. Yeah, and except for when you're buying drugs or hiring a hitman, when do you want it to be untraceable? Well, I mean, it's more of the principle, I think. Well, it's it's like you don't want your uh, internet provider or phone provider to store all your GPS data for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to snoop in your email, even if you do legal things only. I mean... It's more of the principle, uh, at least in in uh, in aspect of, or in in regards to that you don't know what government you will have in five or ten years. 
things can change and it's not always uh, that the people who sit on the information are, do want your best have, or have your best intentions in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think the same can go for uh, your, uh, the history of your transactions of uh, money. Yeah, I don't know how many of you have actually seen this, but if you open your internet bank in Sweden nowadays, you have this form you need to fill out because you need to show the transactions, you need to show where you get your money from and your personal information because it's a transaction of uh, of information between the US and the European Union. In that case, so, so United States can find tax avoiders, I think, and other people. Uh, so you give away a lot of information about yourself without even knowing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we use the Swedish currency, for example, Kronor, we don't own that money. It's actually owned by the state. But who owns bitcoins? No one? Yeah. I guess. So there's no one who wants to keep track of it. Uh, well, uh, there are people who wants to keep track of it, of course, but <laughs> people who will steal it, maybe. Yeah, true that as well. And we've had quite a few large headlines about bitcoins being hacked, cracked, and stolen. Yeah, we had one in two thousand and three, I think, where ninety six thousand bitcoins were dis just disappeared, and uh, it was uh, it was worth seven hundred million kroner at that time. So it's a lot of money, and People have talked before that bitcoins should be very, very safe, but in this case, it wasn't. And is, isn't that a main disadvantage? Uh, because you do not have the third party, the bank, to mm -hmm. guarantee your account. Because the, my account in, in my bank is connected to me as a person, but uh, it's the, the, uh, my bitcoin wallet is, is not... Yeah. No, no one can guarantee that those bitcoins are mine, actually. No, uh, in the same way that no one can guarantee that the 100 kroner bill that is in your wallet is yours. Mm. Or at least they can't guarantee the value of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you don't want to get an insurance if you can't have someone to actually uh, back up that insurance. But when, what I mean is, if you, for for instance, make a um, transfer, a bank transfer, uh, in the wrong wrong way or some something, you can have the bank to to reverse it. Uh, because yeah. I, if I can prove that this was a mistake or, or something like that, or if someone have uh, you know, skinned your uh, credit card, uh, the the bank would uh, compensate you for it. Yeah, because as a provider of the service, they are guaranteed the, the functionality of it and guaranteed that the money on this account is yours. Yeah. Question: uh, well, What power does a third party, like say PayPal or, uh, for example, Klarna, which we have in Sweden, which you often use when you do transactions online, uh, just to have a third party who can repay you if something doesn't go right with the trade? Uh, what what power do they have uh, over well just what the bank have where you where you actually have your money i'm not i'm not that into that i'm not either i'm not sure they they have that much responsibility right the thing with paypal and klarna is that they stand as a guarantee in case of a transaction right so if you are going to buy something from me you 
pay them yeah. and I send you my thing and then I get the money. And they should be able to do that with bitcoins as well as any other currency, yeah. actually. I don't think they do it, but no. they could. The thing is, a lot of countries, they see bitcoins as property or an asset and not a currency. For example, Australia see it like that. And I think uh, even European Union does that. Um, so it, it depends a little bit. And they, they don't see it as a currency yet. But California made that change, didn't they? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe. I think they opened up for Bitcoin. Yeah, I have an article here. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> Yeah, California governor signs bill legalizing bitcoins and other digital currencies. And that's, yeah, that was the thing in California, if I remember correctly, even coupons that you cut out of your, the spam you get in through your door, <laughs> weren't legal as if they were traded like they were worth something. <laughs> All right. So they had a quite a strange set of laws there, but to legalize that and legalize, you know, bonus cards and such, they changed the laws and in that change they also legalized bitcoins to be counted as not only property but as um, money, as a currency. One interesting thing I think one should mention when it comes a huge difference between these kind of coins, doesn't matter if it's bitcoins or if it's uh, dark coins or um, dodge coins or uh, any, any of these different ones, uh, it's, they have a cap, they have a unit cap. True. Like, for example, the, the US dollar or the Swedish kroner, you can, you can print as many as you like. It doesn't, it's unlimited. But, for example, bitcoin, I think it's 21 million. That's the cap. When it comes up to that, they cannot mine anymore. They cannot create anymore. So then you need to do with what you have. And we are up to, if I if I looked at statistics right, I think we're up to 14 million now. And if the trend continues like that, they will be run out in five, four years, maybe, or something like that. Four years? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was a long time in the future, like 2040. Yeah, maybe, the, maybe the trend goes like this. It, it's like um, maybe the trend won't go up as steep anymore because now it's 14 million right now. But isn't it, it, it set in the um, algorithm that the proof of work will be harder and harder yeah. in a way that the mining will, will be like linear you won't get as much for each time you mine yeah right so th that shouldn't it be linear up to 21 million yeah i suppose but if i'm i'm not that good at this so I just... could you just explain to me what mining actually entails what is mining how do you create bitcoins out of thin air right who will explain that probably yeah uh, it's oof. And in English as well, this is not easy. <laughs> and you don't have to explain the technical details, just well, it's what, like what is you, it? You use computers. That's what you can say. You Duh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end of oh, that's all, okay. that's all people. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand this, but, but just let me get a shot at it and you can shoot me down if you want to. thing with real currency is that it has to have a value. The value should uh, reflect in, well, often it reflects in, in uh, amount of work time spent or something like that isn't this the equivalent of bitcoin mining that the thing with bitcoin is that you you can only unlock a certain amount over a certain amount of time or something like that 
It depends on your computer. Is it the same thing? Or am I... Have I gone understand this wrong? Well, it's uh, the network is a peer-to-peer network where mm-hmm. the, the the nodes are getting rewarded yeah. with bitcoins when they are making making the the transactions. Mm-hmm. So first they are rewarded with the transaction fee, and they are rewarded with with more uh, new bitcoins from thin air. So that's how how they make more bitcoins. Okay, up to twenty one million. After that, they uh, they are uh, only going to be rewarded with the tra- transaction fee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that the way they constructed the the currency from the start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure you're not able to be a millionaire out of thin air. I mean, otherwise anyone could just create X amount of Bitcoins. Uh, yeah, right. And the um, effort you have to, the computer power you have to put into it is uh, set in the algorithm uh, and, yeah. and it will be harder and harder uh, over time mm. to do that. Okay. This is interesting. We, uh, looking at the webpage, it says in the end of April 2014, miners had to try 34.4 quintillion uh, values at average before finding the, the requisite nodes. While of the end of October 2014, it's 154 quintillion values of at average. So it's getting harder and harder. It's uh, ridiculously hard. And that's also why some people are hijacking other people's computers to use the capacity of the processor to mine faster. Okay. Botnet for the win! How does it work? Do you simply have a program running on your computer? And if your computer is on 24-7, it, it works more effectively? That's what I, how I understand it. I never tried myself, but yeah, but that is right. And uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was deep and profound. Uh, yeah, let's say so. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a computer with a lot of graphics cards, which are generally created to crunch numbers. I mean, graphic cards they do 3D and such, and they are created to uh, handle a lot of mathematical equations, then you have a better chance, a better shot at getting your Bitcoins mined. And in the early days, people used uh, PlayStation 3, was it? Because it it was a cheap uh, set of hardware and you could mine really good on them. But I think today you have to have a botnet or you have to have a really serious crunching capability set up okay. to get anything because well it's not it's not something for me and you anymore you keep saying uh, you have a chance of finding bitcoins is that why it's called yeah. mining because yeah. let's say i have my computer running for 24/7 in 10 years and if i'm extremely unlucky i might not get, end up yeah, having sure. at least one bitcoin it's not like it is a percentage bar going up. It's not nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> this uh, proof of work is so extremely hard to come up with, so that you you are you you have to be lucky. Okay. Yeah. So it's more based on luck than effort. Yeah, well, yes. But, or a bit of both, but. But if you uh, let your computer run twenty four seven. Yeah, I have a greater chance. Okay. You will be lucky. Yeah, of course. Mm. Sometime. And really, it doesn't matter that much anymore uh, to us ordinary people. I mean, we, we can't get any more Bitcoins. Not with our capacity, more or less. Yeah. And it's not worth it. No. It, it costs you more 
just running this uh, computer hardware yeah. to get a Bitcoin than it does just buying that same amount yeah. of Bitcoins. I have a question. What happens if I, uh, you know, I, I buy a lot of those kind of computers with a lot of graphic cards or what computers are the best? I don't know. And, uh, and I buy a lot of botnets and so on. So I actually, I will have the majority, majority of the uh, capacity in the network. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of capacity. Okay. But uh, will I be able to, you know, just um, uh, say that, okay, I, I own the, uh, all of the Bitcoins. I'm the sole owner of all the Bitcoins in the, the system. Just because you have the capacity, it doesn't mean that you have the Bitcoins, right? Because they have already been mining so many of them. So you won't if you don't buy them because you can't, even if you are so lucky that you will mine everything that's left. You still won't yeah. have the majority. But I could say that uh, all transactions, uh, I, I can make up a lot of transactions that goes to me and uh, no one can uh, tell me that I'm wrong. Because I will get, uh, come up with a proof of work every time and then that means that I am right, right? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, well. Well, well, you... You still don't, I mean, in, in the mining procedure, you only, you can only affect the, the bitcoins that hasn't been found yet. Mm. You, you still won't be able to do anything about the bitcoins already in existence. No, yeah, well, you, you could because um, actually, if I'm going to, to make a transaction to you mm -hmm. and... Um, I use the same Bitcoin to use another in another transaction. The network will uh, will see that, and and only one will be recogni recognized, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the other will be forgotten. Okay. So false transaction would be forgotten because most of the nodes won't accept it. But what if most of the nodes accept that false transaction? My nodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, sure, in theory, if that's exactly how it works and there's no other fail-safes in place, which I don't know of, then you could actually do that. The way it works is that, that the longest proof-of-work will be recognized, not the other mm -hmm. ones. So if you are lucky with one proof-of-work and that was a false trans transaction, it, it probably won't be accepted anyway because there will be a longer proof-of-work. Proof and maybe after... If you spend one Bitcoin mm. and then you try to, to spend it once more, uh, meanwhile, there has been uh, another set of transactions. So you have actually to come up with a lot of proof of, proof of works. Proofs of work. <laughs> right? So you have to put a lot of computer power just to make one false transaction. So that it's, it's better to mine. Mm. You earn more bitcoins in in the mining, but if I have the, uh, you know, more than fifty percent of the power, I could do anything. But that won't happen. <laughs> no, no, that won't <laughs> no, happen. Okay, okay, yeah, probably not. As you say, the blockchain, which is what you're talking about, yeah. is a, a public. I'm reading off Wikipedia now. <laughs> a public ledger mm. that records bitcoin transactions, and it's non-centralized. So. If you can fool or if you can control enough blockchain nodes, you should be able to fool the system. Yeah, all right. 
Yes, the thought. Yeah. Are we going to try? Uh, one other thing we have we have touched this subject before, but it's, it's uh, this currency. It's not uh, inflationary because the problem with usual uh, currencies that if the government they can print as much as they want, and if, for example, if there are not enough Swedish kroner in Sweden for the Riksbanken, the national the Federal Reserve, Swedish Federal Reserve. Central Bank. Yeah, to pay the uh, national debt, then they just print more. And um, this will um, make your money less worth. And this won't happen with this. Uh, so it, it will be a different kind of society if, if this gets ground, because then you won't have these high in, uh, salary increases in the same way as we do now, for example. Yeah, but, but, the, but is that a good or bad thing? It depends on what society you want to live in, I suppose. Well, because uh, <laughs> inflation... I'm just... I'm not sure yet. Is it only the mining procedure that uh, that reflect is a reflection of the value of the Bitcoin? No. Because, well, let's say I want to buy a phone over the internet uh, and it cost one Bitcoin 10 years ago. Will it still cost one Bitcoin 10 years later? No. Or what? Uh, what is? Uh, what affects the value? That is a main problem with the Bitcoin right yeah. now because the uh, volatility, it's, it's called, I think. Uh, the fluctuations are very high, you know, it's, it goes up and down very quickly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of use users, they use uh, Bitcoins not, not in order to, to buy something. They are used to, to uh, invest Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. right now it's not a very good investment, but anyway. It's high, high risk investing. Either you can yeah. make a lot of money or you can lose it all. Right. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit like stocks. Mm. But this is, now you're talking about the relative value of a Bitcoin uh, yeah. in, in relation to the US dollars or the Swedish kroner. And, and that changes, of course. Okay. So, and that relative value, uh, that's just... I don't really know what affects that. I don't know what affects that between ordinary values as well. I know the dollar is low or the dollar is high regarding in relationship to the Swedish kroner, but so? Who knows and, and why? Yeah. But the same thing is true with bitcoins, but since bitcoin is a young currency, it's more susceptible to... Things like what you mentioned, Robin, people who try to invest like stockbrokers. Mm. They buy a lot of Bitcoins now and hopefully it will increase in value. And and it peaked and it went down and it crashed and it peaked again. And we haven't seen the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a stable currency yet. No. And it won't be un- until people accept it, I suppose. Or if it's completely dead. Mm. And I suppose, sure, the because there are 21 million of them, the prices won't be on stuff if, if this will be generally accepted. And that's a currency we use. That's just imagine. Then it will be a little bit like trade, I suppose, we can't, because we can't produce more. So, uh, for example, maybe two fishes will be uh, the equal to 0.003 bitcoins and then oh for some reason there are not many many fishes anymore or people really want it then it will increase in prices even though it, there are no more bitcoins yeah, if and you understand what it's I mean. not uh, like it's unusable now 
you just don't want to keep your savings account in bitcoins. Preferably not. I mean, if you want to do a transaction with bitcoins, it's not a problem. You you buy a certain amount of bitcoins at the nominal value that day or that hour even, and you transfer them to the person you are going to pay, and he can then transfer them back. He can sell his bitcoins if he wants to and get cold hard mm-hmm. cash out. So then you're not really bothered by this going up and down in value because, well, it doesn't fluctuate that much over an hour. Mm. So it's still usable, and in that way, it's untraceable. <laughs> so it's money laundering, actually. Yeah. Hey, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually, I think it's one or two ATMs in Sweden, right, that you can use for... You actually have a Bitcoin bankomat, as they call it. And it's a company called uh, Safello who's uh, trying to create a, a Swedish Bitcoin bank. And they have a, a debit card as well. No, that's not them. That's Xapo, mm-hmm. who has a Bitcoin debit card. So you can go into any ordinary store and pay with your Bitcoins. Yeah, And instead of having them on the bank or your uh, electronical wallet, you can have them in your, in your storage instead if you want to buy paper. That's also possible by this ATM. So, we've been talking a lot of bitcoins, but what about the other cryptocurrencies? What, what's the the main uh, advantages and disadvantages of them? Uh, what, what's the differences? I would like to know that. Robin, do you know? I suppose they are more or less the same, right? It's just another currency. It's like the U.S. dollar and the euro, or something like that. Yeah. You have, uh, I think, the biggest ones, except for Bitcoin, I think it's Litecoin and... Uh, Dogecoin. Dogecoin, <laughs> for example. But what's the difference between these? I keep hearing about them, but is it just simply another algorithm for the mining? or? Well, uh, mo- most of them, I think, uh, they are just a rip-off from Bitcoin. Mm. Yeah. So they're the same algorithm, almost, not uh, exactly. And Bitcoin is open source, so it's not a problem to just fork the code and reuse it under a different name with tiny uh, changes, of course. Ah, okay. Right. But uh, uh, I've heard that some of them you, you, can't, you can't buy using real money. Mm-hmm. So you have to, I suppose, buy Bitcoins first and then uh, exchange to other cryptocurrencies. Or mine them yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we... We can't have a new currency each. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) I mean, if everyone has their own currency, it's just a big problem. And we want a currency that actually has support by some big players so we can do the transactions from our local currency, unless we have a debit card then, (laughs) Mm. so we can use it all the time. But but as I said, you don't want to keep your money in in bitcoins. So bitcoins is the one that's most recognized recognized i guess yeah it is it definitely and it's also if you see all the money that it's put into the this digital cryptocurrencies it's i think i saw statistics that 80 percent of the money or something in these cryptocurrencies are just bitcoins the rest 20 percent the other currencies got to get together so it's a huge difference in uh, the market cap okay and we have others who try to make it more well, apart from ATMs and such, the Winklevoss twins, <laughs> the the guys who um, 
worked with Mark Zuckerberg to create Facebook, mm -hmm. they are trying to get a Bitcoin exchange set up with US regulation. Uh, that, that is, they want to make a government-approved, I guess, Bitcoin exchange. So it's not a private little organization, but a big thing. Like it's, it's a real thing run by, or at least under the oversight of the United States government. And they are not alone. Others are trying equally to make Bitcoin more tied in with our ordinary currencies and our ordinary everyday life. But what do the, the authorities think about cryptocurrencies? I read an article just before we started recording here about the UK who launched uh, an initiative to explore potential of virtual currencies back in, I guess, late summer last year. And this report was scheduled to be released this autumn. I haven't found it yet. and don't know if you guys have read it. No. But it will be interesting to see what the, the Treasury of UK thinks about this. But it's actually illegal in many countries. That's the thing. So it's not Yeah, I read about it. Uh, what did it say? Cryptocurrencies are legal in all countries except Iceland. Oh, well, it's since 2014 a lot of happen has happened. So Okay. Because Iceland had a freeze on for an exchange for a while mm. since the Lehman Brothers. Yeah. Well, for example, Vietnam or Russia, uh, and uh, it's um, it's also illegal. In, and in China, they have a very strange way of handling it. They say it. they have a ban on it in China. Yeah. Uh, re regulars in China ban the handling of bitcoins by financial in institutions during an extremely fast adoption in early 2014. Mm. And in Russia, it's legal with cryptocurrencies, but it's apparently illegal to actually purchase goods with anything else than the Russian ruble. Hmm. <laughs> so, in short, it's a mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it will still be un until it's settled, I think. Yeah, but isn't that the case with everything that's new? It's yeah. always a mess the first decades. But will it stay? Yeah, that's the question. Is it here for the long term? The banks won't like it. No, no one like it. No. <laughs> because they take so high fees. Now they want us to stop using uh, paper money so they can uh, charge us over, over the, uh, the cards instead. And they want to keep us there. Yeah, <laughs> and not, not only the, the transaction fee and so on, also the, the, uh, the banking system uh, that I was, was talking about earlier, that uh, when they create money, you know, mm. they need some money to create more and more and more and more and so on. That's they earn money in that way, and if we let's say we all start using only bitcoins tomorrow, what will the bank do? They mm. have no business anymore. No. So of course they don't like it because we can trade mm -hmm. to each other directly, and also of course the authorities who count tax and they don't know how how much money we have. It's not good. <laughs> I understand if they have some problems with it. Hmm. And also the, the authorities, uh, they, they try to protect us from drugs and illegal weapons and, and, and uh, they, uh, fraud, money fraud or, or something like that. Uh, it's harder for them to protect us if they have no control of the money system. And this is what Bitcoins have been really connected with stuff like Silk Road and other such mm -hmm. dark websites yeah. where you can buy drugs and hitmen and you can buy a wife from Venezuela or whatever. 
because these people don't want to be traced, so they jumped on a train immediately. Mm. And that's been an argument that, well, then it's something bad, it's something that uh, the crooks use and we shouldn't allow it. That's the same thing as, for example, the Tor network for internet. Yeah. You can use it for, for bad as well. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like a, a knife. You, you can use it to cut someone yeah. or you can cut yeah. up your cucumber. That's yeah. As always, the problem often is the human rather than the, the thing. True, but we are really... It's something that we have no use for today. We can't use bitcoins. No. And it's not really a viable solution yet. It might be in five years, ten years perhaps, yeah. but now not really. So who uses it now except the bad guys? Yeah, right. That's my question. Pioneers. That That's my question. It's, it's only the bad guys who use it, I think. No, I, I, I don't know that, but but you know, mostly, I think so. Yeah, and to uh, support that claim, Microsoft now accepts bitcoins. Right, <laughs> they do actually. Yeah, I think it's for their <laughs> Xbox uh, yeah. online store or whatever. Yeah. So you the see, bad guys yeah. really use it. So you mean it's verified? Yeah, yeah it's verified. And th- <laughs> and there are there are more obstacles uh, as well. I, I was thinking about the central banks. They are controlling the economy in the in the country by using the interest rate. Mm-hmm. And they are, are using the inflation rate. Uh, f- let's say once more that we all start using bitcoins tomorrow. How are they going to control the economy tomorrow? Well, I, I, I don't know. I think they, they can't. No. That's why they are scared, because they don't know how yet. Right. The interest rate will have no effect on the, the actual economy. And actually, one more obstacle, the environmental uh, trädkramare, <laughs> environmental uh, activists, mm-hmm. they think that we, we are consump- uh, using you know, a lot of energy for no, no use, actually. Ah. I think that most of the energy, electrical energy used in the nodes are not for the transac- transactions, actual transactions, but for the proof of work. Mm. It's a real lot of energy for, you know, like no use. Mm. We had an article a while back, let's see, it's from 13th of March, that says that IBM is trying to talk to the central banks, trying to create a payment system that mimics bitcoins, but is directly tied to the euro and the Mm -hmm. dollar. Ah, okay, right. So that's one way they try to take control of this uh, movement. They try to make their own thing. And I also heard that the Bank of England has thoughts of issuing their own digital currency. Mm. So they are aware of this. The central banks are aware of this trend and they're trying to get in on it not by accepting bitcoin most of them but instead of creating something that they could control i mean if the bank of england has their own digital currency or if ibm ibm creates a digital currency version of the dollar or the euro the central banks will still hold control of these currencies but we'll have all the other benefits that is ease of transaction and such but you lose the privacy aspect of it right isn't that a sometimes a good thing that we have the authorities there to actually protect us okay no Shun privacy, him. But... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know sorry sorry I, i'm the guest here so it's okay i could say that uh, 
Now, well, of course, it's that's why we have the central authorities. It's help us from ourselves because they can keep a lookout on this. But on the other hand, I mean, look at what the banks have done recently. Yeah, they may not be the best custodians of our currency. And really, who wants all these different currencies? Wouldn't it be easier if we just had one across the globe? Yeah, and that would be tiny ponies or something. <laughs> Tiny pony coin, yeah. Yeah, no, not a, no coin, ponies. <laughs> yeah, all right, you want to exchange tiny ponies. All right, yeah. <laughs> well, that's no. hard. Is That's not digital, though. Mm. I will move to the moon or something. <laughs> what kind of currency do they have on the moon? I have no idea, maybe rocks Jeez. or something. Jeez! Jeez. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> moon cheese, woohoo! <laughs> Yeah right. Nice. <clears throat> we are a we are more open to these kind of things. I think in Sweden, perhaps I saw a report a way back or an article actually that Sweden is close to being a cashless society. Mm. Four out of five purchases in Sweden are made electronically or by debit card. I feel so bad for the pensionists. Yeah, but they're dying anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I read an article when they said like it's uh, some places are actually hard to to accept cash nowadays. Uh, there are some stores who who won't do that. And compare that to Italy, where mm-hmm. three quarters of all consumers' purchases are cash, mm. Mm. and that's because they don't trust banking systems. They they want to have control over the money. So generally, in Sweden, we obviously accept. But in s- the banks, still, in my experience, I think there's there's a big uh, contrast uh, or polarity in Sweden regards uh, digital purchases, uh, because a lot of a lot of places only accept credit or debit cards. They only accept dig- digital payments, mm-hmm. and there still are well, not a lot, but a few places that don't at all accept digital payment mm. and only cash. I. I had to fix my my phone uh, a few weeks back here because I broke the screen, and uh, I uh, I went to to a comp- small company and let them do it f- uh, for a day or two, and when uh, I got an an SMS, it said that that the phone was ready. They also stated that uh, keep in mind to also take uh, cash with you because we can't accept any credit cards or digital payments, mm. and I was a bit surprised. But that's so easy today. Well, it's usually what I've understood. Maybe this is not the case with this store, Henrik, but I have heard that this usually because of the banks and the and the visas and Mastercard's fees. Okay. It costs so much for them each transaction, especially yeah. if they are small. Um, it's, Often uh, it's it's only small companies that does this and only take cash. Yeah, so, so that's why it's uh, the if the fees would have been lower, then I think more of them would have taking these because but you now have, because have these add-ons that you can put on your phone where you can draw your card they don't go through visa and mastercard do they but you still pay a fee right you do all right swish so, no that's that's a different thing because that is i mean that's they, a digital to digital yeah, 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 payment sure, sure. method you yeah. can transfer smaller amounts between friends that's great but, but that that is not possible to it, don't um, look uh, up the information now because <laughs> I, I can be lying or mistaking. But I think this is not possible to do transactions with a company because it doesn't show uh, in the same way with uh, you know with the 
tax authority with, oh. with the authorities. All right. So you, it needs to be registered in, in a specific way to be able to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, that okay. switch. Uh, that's like a bank uh, account transfer. Mm -hmm. only, yeah. I think yeah. So that's another thing. Swish, I think it's owned or even a, it, it's a collaboration by the Swedish banks. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Because before Swish, we had all these Telia plombook and yeah, uh, yeah. other stuff. <laughs> and it was horrible. And every every phone operator and bank operator had had their own <laughs> payment solution. It was a mess. But every 10th person in Norway, Denmark and Sweden have a PayPal account. Yeah. Doesn't PayPal have some form of approved way to pay uh, you, you uh, do you mean for companies or for yeah sure in that in that scenario where you wanted to pay for your uh, mobile screen the thing is I, I yeah and both apple apple pay and google they have payment solutions yeah. which are beginning to roll out but i haven't seen any of them accepted anywhere yet mm. not here Maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I think that the big difference between these things like the PayPal, it's the money goes to your PayPal account. And then from there, you need to transfer it to your bank account. Like, for example, Swish, then it goes directly into your bank account. Yeah. I, I think that may, might be a... Okay. Swish is nothing else that, uh, than that you have a bank account and your phone number connected to the service. Mm. And uh, the only thing it does is that it transfers directly between bank accounts, but you don't have to use the bank account number or even, even uh, disclose it. Okay. So uh, the difference with PayPal is that that is a, an actual wallet. You, you mm. store money there. Uh, similar to, well, you could say Google Wallet or even... Mm. Even Steam Wallet, they have their own thing as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. But this with taxation uh, and these kind of things, uh, I think I think that is still a problem to be solved for the governments around the world. Because, for example, I think Amazon ha have a fight with the European Union or something with, with this. I think they have had for quite some time, yes. That's what the Democratic Assemblyman Roger Dickinson in California said when they started to accept digital currencies. He said, in an era of evolving payment methods, from Amazon coins to Starbucks stars, it's impractical to ignore the growing use of cash alternatives. And he has a point. It, these things are popping up out of the woodworks right now, everywhere, because it is a problem. I mean, we've had it quite easy here in the Nordic countries compared to the United States. I mean, we have ship and pin. Mm. So we put our card in and we enter our pin and that's all right. But over there, they have to leave their card and they get an ex uh, receipt and they have to sign. And, and yeah, it's very insecure. So they've lagged behind regarding the, these form of digital payments. So I guess that Apple Pay and Google Wallet and such alternatives have it easier over in the States where they don't have any good digital alternatives from beforehand. But will Bitcoin be a part of that? What do you think? Will we see Bitcoin on credit cards and debit cards in the future? No. No, I don't think so. I, I think that the banks or the governments or whoever will, when they see that this will build up, if it does, then they will find their own variant, as someone of you said, and then they will force it out to the public. A little bit like uh, what Apple does with their technology and what they do. Yeah, it's hard to see our banks uh, starting to ex accept bitcoins. So you're a Dogecoin uh, fan. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> That's the new thing. 
<laughs> I think most of the cryptocurrencies that are available right now won't be any of the big players later on. I think we are still very early in, in this adoption, actually. And even then, I don't think that any of the, the dig- digital cryptocurrencies will be the dominant or major player in, in, uh, in currencies or exchange all over the world. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be a part of it. Like we said, that cash provides some pros and cons over digital payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, but I, I think the same can be said for digital uh, cryptocurrencies. They aren't better in every aspect than what we have uh, currently. But I have to say, I would like the pensionists nowadays to still use their cash until they die. You know why? <laughs> because you will have to be support otherwise. <laughs> no, because that is the worst thing that can happen. It's standing behind an old person in the line when mm. you buy groceries and wait for 10 minutes for them to, to try to understand how they card work. No, 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 no. <laughs> the worst thing is standing behind one of these uh, old relics as they open their bag and try to find, I don't know, 150 kroner in coins that still takes less time one at a time it still takes less time oh all right yeah and it's harder to find bitcoins because they don't know which way they should put the the card into the into the reader first of all and then after that they need to ask for help to put in the pin code and how to do it so yeah do you remember the cash cards cash cards yeah yeah right that was right yeah, that was was a thing for you know three years or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They installed all these uh, machines where you could uh, uh, charge it with with the uh, mm-hmm. cash, but it wasn't cash, so I don't know. Uh, and uh, the, that they put a lot of money in this, and no one used it, so it's gone. But that was a special card, so you had cash on a ship. You could transfer yeah. cash onto a ship and pay with that. And a ship, a, a chip, not, not a ship. ship. Yeah, not <laughs> a sheep. Okay. Yeah. I'm on a boat. Right. I want to pay with this sheep, please. <laughs> I got a sheep and I got a code. Please let me pay. No, a uh, chip. So you could pay with this. But when all the bank cards or the debit and credit cards also got chips, so you could pay as easily directly from your bank account these cash cards didn't make much sense anymore and that was a transition over two or three years as you said i don't think they had any use from the beginning because you know i had a couple of coins in my pocket now i had a card instead and i had to to go to this you know atm automat and you know <laughs> did you have a card any of you i had one yeah, I had one because my bank provided it uh, for for free for a while, and they said that w- they they were going to charge me uh, like fifty kroner uh, each year mm-hmm. later on b- when this system has been established, but they d- did never do that. They mm-hmm. just threw it away. And Hendrik, you are too young for this, right? Uh, I think it must be. I can't remember anything of the. The I, only I, thing I can think of is hundra kortet, but that's a completely <laughs> different thing. <laughs> That's a completely different. For me, this I I, I asked you because this is um, close for me to I, I will I, I remember it, but it's not more than that. Okay. Mm. I never had one. I might have been in my teens actually. Yeah. Later teens then I suppose. Thank you. 
So as you all know that there are a lot of, of uh, you know, technologies that we try out and, and, and they, they won't be any hit, a lot of them, uh, until we find something that uh, we will stick to. Like the laser disc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading on Wikipedia about this uh, cash card system. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it appeared in 1997 and they took it down in 2004. And they mention comparable systems in the other countries. So they had in Denmark, the Netherlands, Schweiz, Switzerland, Switzerland, Schweiz. Yeah, all right. Yeah, whatever. You know the Alps and chocolate place. Germany, uh, Austria, Japan, <laughs> Hong Kong, <laughs> Taiwan. Yeah, those places. Um, for you, uh, yeah, mm, Austria. That means Austria. Just so you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, whatever. People can't think it's Australia because it's ostrich. Yeah. No, that's Australia. I don't know. Aren't you following along? Right. So, yeah, interesting technology. And it it has completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, all right. So, the thing that people say will keep Bitcoin in the loop and that it won't go the way of the cash card is, and I quote... It's the underlying technology that will ultimately spell long-term success for the cryptocurrency. That's from an article on uh, VR World. Yeah, whatever. Some form of analysis, yeah, yada yada page. But they say that this isn't just a new thing. It isn't just a new method of paying. It is a really, really smart technology that will survive. And if it's not bitcoins, then the technology will survive in something else. Mm-hmm. So this is the future of payment, they say. Well, that sounds... I could believe that. Yeah, me too. But, you know, but who is Satoshi Nakamoto? Exactly. Who is he? And isn't he a genius? Actually, to, to come up with this, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> he must be a genius or of some kind. Yeah. So that's the handle, or that's the person they say yeah. published this, the thought of Bitcoin and the logarithms yeah. and algorithms and everything yes. from the start. Yeah. And he has never been identified. We mm-hmm. don't know who he is, or if it's a he, or if it's a group of people. We just don't know. Hmm. And uh, do you think he has some... Um uh, programmed something in the algorithm that uh, rewards himself, uh, you know, <laughs> from this, uh, when all the bitcoins are mined, I uh, would. He, he getting some, you know, 10% of it. My theory is that this is the early stages of the Skynet. Okay, so it, the bit, Bitcoin, no, of course not, Dogecoin <laughs> will gain sentience and start killing people off. Uh, something like that. I haven't completely thought this theory through, but I'm getting there. But actually, the other cryptocurrencies, uh, aren't they, uh, some of them, aren't they started just to, to, uh, you know, uh, the founder should earn some money on it in that aspect? Yeah, and in the beginning, it's really easy to mine Bitcoins or whatever. So, He probably has quite a lot, yeah. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or they, whatever it is. Right. Or it. <laughs> it, yeah, of course, if we go the Skynet route. 
<laughs> no, I think it is an ostrich. Oh, an ostrich. All right. Yeah, sure. All right. So will any of you get some Bitcoins or any cryptocurrency in the future, in the next two years? What do you think, Henrik? I'll try to find my Bitcoins. They are somewhere. <laughs> Why should I'm you buy sure. even more when you can't find the one <laughs> you already got? Fair enough, Robin. <laughs> I've been thinking about buying a little bit just for fun to see what happens. Not a lot of money, just a tiny bit, just to, to see. But maybe I will do it in a couple of years' time, maybe. I think so. All right, you will. Well, I agree with Robin because I've thought about it. <laughs> Buying it just to see what happened, but I, I realized that I should have done that uh, in yeah. uh, 2006 yeah. or something like that. Okay. <laughs> so I think I forget about that and uh, continue to use pay PayPal instead. <laughs> I don't see any real use for it for me right now. You can buy drugs. Right. Um, okay. Well, yeah. With or without the prescription, that yeah. is the question. <laughs> ah. Okay. Maybe we should cut that out. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners, for this. Or maybe we just end on that note. Yeah. That Hello, Apotheket. <laughs> Do you accept Bitcoin? <clears throat> I want your finest penicillin. <laughs> penicillin. <laughs> so that was a really interesting discussion this time as well, guys to delve into the cryptocurrencies of the world and see what's wrong and how it should be. Of course, we always have the solutions to everything. And if you, dear listener, because we have one, I guess, <laughs> if you want to give us some feedback, you're welcome to go to our webpage, aiit.se slash radio, and in the right-hand corner you can press a button and record a message for us, which we can play on the show. And you can always mail us your thoughts, show at aiit.se. We welcome that. You can reach us on Twitter, Identica, and all those places at Altinomiti, A-L-L-T-I-N-O-M-I-T. Or Google+, Plus. we have some URL for that as well. Whatever, you can find us there. And Robin, if people want to tell you once again how exceptionally right and perceptive you are, oh, of course. how do they get in touch with you? They can reach me on uh, Twitter at uh, Robin Harming. I am... As active as my grandmother, but uh, maybe you will find me someday. And she is at Grandmother Harming. Yeah. <laughs> right? No? Uh, okay. uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should... Mm, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> set up that. Account. Yeah, we'll set up really that now before someone else takes it. <laughs> it will be valuable in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma Harming. All right. Uh, and uh, Henrik, how do people tell you that you're absolutely wrong in every way possible? Uh, they don't, actually. In that case, <laughs> you don't have to actually contact me. If you want to tell me how lovely I am, uh, you can do that by Twitter, uh, by reaching out to me with uh, my handle, at Warpfuzz, W-A-R-P-F-U-Z. Splendid. And Joel, our esteemed colleague and guest co-host, how do people get in touch with you? Well, I think our challenge are still on. That right. means that uh, that means that uh, if someone uh, find me, they are welcome to contact me. <laughs> and that's a splendid challenge. Can I help them? No. Okay. <laughs> no cheating, Robin. Ah, uh, all right. 
and we can let that be another thing for our listeners. If you want to reach Joel, you can ask Robin and he will help you cheat. Yeah. So what music did we listen to today, Henrik? Uh, wait a second. Um, uh, here we have it, yes. Uh, the music we listened to today was called J dot dot D capitals by uh, Unitan. Uh, he's Japanese. Uh, and it was lovely. Thank you very much. It's released under Creative Commons license CC by BYSA uh, 3.0. Or is 4.0 now? I'm not sure. 3.0. And you can find it on Gemendo if you want to download it. And there will be links in the show notes as per usual. All right, guys, let's continue our travel through the universe and leave this uh, swamp of money, all right? Are you with me? All right. No. (laughs) I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you once again, Joel. Let's move on. Bye-bye. Bye.
Okay, the, the thing is, the setting is a bit strange this time, because last time I was in the cockpit fiddling with some knobs and levers, and suddenly, woo, there was uh, Joel. So... And now he's here again. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're still on our, our uh, spacecraft, so... Okay, yeah, sure. I, I, hooking him up to the holographic projection system. Oh, that's scary. Then we can meet in the conference room. Yeah, that's good. That was a door. <laughs> <laughs> Flurpy bonk. Guys, sit down. L let me just fix something with this... <laughs> holographic projector here. I, it's a bit tricky, but I think... I'm trying to rewire a signal from the cockpit into... Yeah. Hey, look at that! <laughs> Hello, you will. Let's go for it! Uh, Robin, you froze there for me a bit. Oh, Sorry. Hello. Yeah, great. You're moving again. <laughs> You're better when you move. Okay. <clears throat> I like to move it, move it. Hush. <laughs> Flurp. <laughs> I just waited for that. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Henrik. <laughs> All right, so our main topic is... Um, uh, yeah, whatever. Hmm? All right. <laughs> whatever, coins. Money and stuff. Yeah, yeah, something, something, something. Like the laser disc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Betamax. <laughs> Betamax. But wasn't there three big video competitioners? VHS, Betamax, and... I think there was one more. Uh, well, gone with time. And I actually wanted to uh, share my ever-loving hate for PayPal, but uh, we'll keep that for another episode, I guess. We can do that together. Though. This is running a bit long. One whole episode of <laughs> just uh, about PayPal? <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll, we'll do a shorter segment. <laughs> Kenneth hates or something. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth hates on stuff. All right, but we, we have cut there. That, that's the main segment, and it's perfect. We end on robbing wanted to buy drugs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's wonderful. That's what you want for every episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> anyway, to... Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, that was weird in every way. <laughs> Isn't that what we aim for? Yeah, I think so. But quite an alright episode, isn't it? Yeah. Was a bit deep, perhaps. Varför pratar jag fortfarande engelska? Jag vet inte. You're in the groove. <laughs> I want to continue speaking English because I forgot to tell you one thing. <laughs> all right. And it needs to be in English. Okay. All right. Very sad that I for forgot this because um, I found the the uh, talking about prime minister earlier. Do you know the definition of a prime minister? No. Well, I found it on Wikipedia. There are actually uh, an infinite uh, number of prime ministers, but the the definition is that it has no positive advisors other than one and itself. Okay. What is he talking about? <laughs> I don't understand anything. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay, you think about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Blah. Right, yeah. Get out of here. Very Ooh. funny.